right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do a live on a Monday edition of the program. I am merely Bo, and look who's back, the great Z. Ah, it feels good to be back. The sun is shining. Here we are back in uh, the Cross Country Mortgage Campus. Mandatory mini camp coming up this week, but uh, I missed you, man. I missed you. I sent you some. You're a liar. I say, I'm not a liar. I sent you some pictures. I, I got no picture. I did not get one picture. Not one. I didn't get any pictures. Not either. one photograph. The pictures didn't go through? Oh, not maybe because we were out in the mountains. Maybe not a singular photograph. You leave and you what? didn't give a damn. That's not true. Hold on a second. Not a single Hold text on. message from you. No images. That's not true. That's not true. Look. I did get one Wednesday. I sent you we look, a picture with me. You saw the picture of the hat that you said you even. Oh yeah, 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 It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I sent yes. you this picture no, from I didn't here. See that. That's new. That didn't come through. That didn't come through. Okay, so no, some no of the landscape art. I did see okay. the photo. Did you buy the hat? Of course. Of course. Yeah, I do own the hat. Yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt. I was told that I can only wear it to play golf. I wanted to wear it yesterday into the town. I was told not. Like, not Chagrin Falls. No. Maybe not. It's a re- it's, it's the name of a golf I, course. I understand it. I, I think that that is, there are certain towns. Sure, sure. 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 Do you know what it feels? I feel like you could wear it to play golf, and I think you could definitely wear it like anytime you're on a lake. Yeah. Where rules are a little looser. Looser, yeah. For sure. A little it's, looser rules. It's a, it, it was... So we were out in uh, in Vail, uh, a golf, and me, the the cook, the kid, and, and the agent to the stars, Mr. Sims. It was just great. It was a great time. Great to get away. It's so stunningly beautiful there. It is. I mean, <laughs> just insane. And what's funny is, as I look at some of the pictures and the ones that I guess didn't go through to you guys, even though they, no, they told me they went I, through. I had the um, we had the pic. I had the picture image of the hat, and then you and Sims at a cart, but I did not see a landscape. I mean, when you hit you hit the ball and you get to just watch it go against the mountains for. 
forever. Yeah. Is, it looks it just looks cool. It was it was super we had a great time. I think that's great why time. last year when they did that battle at Big Sky thing or whatever. That yeah, thing, it looks awesome. Like the the reason that so many people were captivated by that is because it was unlike most had ever seen the game played. Yep. And it is a different game where you when you're playing out there. It's a very very different game. I think you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's easier, the ball travels further. It does, but the trouble is also far more severe. Yeah, it's funny. When we come back, it, we're all saying how, you know, you're just going to be able to find everything now. Whereas there, right. you can hit it off of a cliff or you can hit it. I didn't realize there was going to be so much high grass and just kind of natural areas as that the fairways were carved out of. And, and, you know, some of the courses had some trees, but really for the most part, it was about the elevation and then it was about falling off of, of cliffs. Like, I had one hole. I almost drove this green. I hit a crazy shot, and you can see the kids standing there in the foreground show it for the people there. But this mountain is like across a ravine, and this yeah. green is on. The, like if you hit it over that green, thousands of feet down. Goodbye. See ya. That's over. Yeah. I didn't walk near any of that stuff. I wanted no part of being that close to like fall offs. No. Yeah. Yeah. We also had to worry. I don't. Did anybody talk to you about rattlesnakes? No, which is good because I did walk around. Warning, I would think I did walk around a little bit of, of some of those places. Maybe it's not rattlesnake season. Do they have seasons? No, I mean, I, no, I mean, it would. It would no snakes you'd be getting seen. close to no that time. I wouldn't think that they would be everywhere, but yeah. you're getting a point to where they're out sunning, living their best life. Yeah. yeah, it was fun though, just like how far the ball would go. Like when you compressed an iron, it just wouldn't sometimes come out of the sky. Like there was yeah. one downhill. It was not really down. It was flat. It was little downwind, and it was 194. And uh, I'm like, I think I'm gonna hit a pitching wedge. Yeah. <laughs> and I smoked it way over the green, yeah. like the longest pitching wedge I've ever had in my life. Just because it just wouldn't, it just doesn't come out of the sky. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome though. We had a we had great time, great food. Vale looks like it is Epcot. It looks like if they were like, okay, here's what an ski town should look like and the whole town itself is obviously there to make money and it's very expensive but it's a walking mall basically yeah. the entire village that's really what it is it's a walking mall and then the mountains right there and just beautiful it's great it's great good to be back though not really um, colorado's got like seven of those or eight of those towns like that uh, yeah tons. there's a bunch of them yeah. that, are, that all have kind of that similar similar view to it did you did you crack open a yellow jacket since you were in uh, colorado country so we did not sad hate to hear that I know I'm, you are. I actually have them in my fridge at home. I had one home, but not actually there. Uh, we did drive by. You had to drive right through Golden. Golden. We did drive through Golden. Yes, yeah. indeed. No, what's funny is I thought it was going to be everywhere, but it really wasn't. Like, And, and maybe it's because we were in Vail, so everything was cocktail yeah, focused. And, and, yeah, yeah, fancy beer. Exactly. Here's fancy IPA nonsense. Yeah. 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 So I, had a, I did have some tequila. I uh, Naturally. It was delicious. The life. It was just great. It was it's a great trip. of summer. Yeah, it was. It was a great trip. Yeah, well, I'm a, glad you had a great yeah. time. Yeah, it's. Uh, and you, you've. It, we had a sensational weekend here. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, came back for the weekend. I played it. I feel like this is right. a new thing I've discovered. You take a vacation, then you come back for right. the weekend, and you so you can recover. Because Saturday, I need. I mean, I was useless. I was like, "What is wrong with you, Mike? I'm just smoked. I'm tired. Yeah, like I'm just done. And uh, and then yesterday we had a nice day. But yeah, the weather was couldn't have been better. Could've we had we did that for spring break and we actually needed it because we got kind of stuck. But I like that. I like the return Friday. Give me my Saturday Sunday to recoup, get back in order a little bit. The weather here was unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. So my wife was under the weather uh, on oh, no. Saturday. So it was Saturdays are for the boys. So it was me and the boys all day. Um, so we basically played like the Olympics all day. So it That's was awesome. It was in the morning. It was. Um, 
We played pickleball in the morning, several matches, uh, me and Bootsy against uh, Black Cobra and Beamsy. We then played, uh, I played 21 full court with the two olders while Bootsy swam. And then we played full court two on two, me and Bootsy versus them. And then it ended on the golf course. So the first time I've been out in a year. How was it? I only hit seven iron, but I hit him. It was okay. Like I was fine. So I'm, I'm getting closer to test. I feel like I can test no, now. You can let it loose. Um, yeah. you, can, you can live a little bit. So I, I went and played, and we played Bootsy and I versus uh, those two as well. Um, we, it comes down to the final hole, and, um, you know, we, they, we all play from the same spot. We did, like, best ball scramble stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then we would give them strokes if I – because obviously sure. we have an ability to get it Hit closer. It further. Yeah. Yeah. So um, usually between 125 and 140 out is about what we would do. Um, so it gets down to the final one, and it's there's like this much left, and for us to to make it clearly a gimme, but like they insist that we put it out. Yeah. So I go, well, Bootsy, go ahead. You have the honors. He stepped up there and drilled a little foot, eighteen incher. He nailed it. Popped it in. Big chestiness out of him. A lot of posing out of him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Had dinner afterwards at the club, and um, we're sitting there, and Beamsy says, you know, I think I'd like my first job to be here at the club. I said, it'd be great. I think it'd be great. You work in maintenance, you work in the pro shop, figure yeah. it out, you know, clean clubs, whatever, shine shoes, figure it out. I think it'd be great. Out of nowhere, Bootsy goes, I think I want to bartend here. <laughs> He's six. Uh, he He's just six. says he gets it. He, he has just a, sees. He yeah, has just he a real it. zest for life. He really he does. Has. He really does. So, but it was perfect. And then yesterday, all I heard was that it was going to be the worst day ever weather-wise. It was sensational. Yeah, it was not. We had nothing. It Absolutely was not. nothing. Gibby, did you get out? Graduation party season, kids. Oh God, I saw that. I saw one of my neighbors had a hundred, like hundred and fifty cars parked all over their Man. property with with one of those. It's a full day. It's fine because yeah. you know my because my kids, you know, the kid has her party coming up here. But it's one of those things where you're just like, what. what? I only get so many weekends here, kids. My summer ends at the end of July. It compressed. Like, it, it, I, I don't well, like Well, why do you it, have to go? Huh? Why do you have to go to the well, mall? Well, so we we had this discussion um, because, you know, you and I talked about it. One of, our, one of our grad parties for one of our, one of 80's really good friends was up at uh Oh, yeah, you're up at the Bay lake. Point yeah. Yesterday. A little bit of a hike. Going to take a little bit out of the day, but, you know, it was great to see them and the family. And the weather was perfect because I woke up in the morning going, I'm not sure how this day is going to go if the weather's not so great. You know, you're hoping for nice weather for them. Yeah. But everything worked out, and but we had the conversation. Like, honey, we can't go to all these parties. And 80's like, well, they invited you. I go, I don't even know their parents. Right. And I barely remember their name when That's they walked. That's the right in. answer. I know them by face. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're 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 going. We've got a list of like five to ten, and that's it. Oh my God, I think that's a high number. Oh, my kid says she's got seven this Saturday. I go, I don't know how well, you're the, navigating that, yeah, but I'm just, not going to yeah, one. But, yeah, yeah, it ain't to be you, in. right? No, it's hey, just a good pie. to see you. Here's an envelope. That, that's Congrats. your. That's your, wish you all the yeah. best. Yeah. But like, no one wants to talk to us so, anyway at those no. things. They I want to hang out I with had their buddies. Epiphany yesterday. I said, here's the problem with the whole envelope giving. You're just getting it right back a couple weeks later, potentially. Yes, that's why everyone well, then, writes the list why, of why this is I what we gave. Why am I giving envelopes? 
Ah, because it's the kid. Then the kid gets the chance to open. That's all it is. It's just a, it's a redistribution. I'm just asking it out is. loud. Like I'm just a it, shuffling. I was kind of like, we're we're we exchanged envelopes all weekend with we we had a family one on Saturday. And yeah, great friends yesterday, and I'm like, we're gonna see them in three or four weeks, and they're gonna give us the envelope back. Yes, that's oh, that's true. Honey, what are we doing yeah. here? But that's okay. That's yeah. how it goes. Well, but the difference is it came, my hunch is, it came from you and Mrs. Gibbe, yes. and it's going to the kid, Yep. whereas you won't get it back. Right. No. You see, you're, there's you the difference. The, you know yes. this, where yes. You're this giving going. to their kid, and they're, they're giving, giving to yours, your kid, instead and so that's of just you even. giving to your kid and them giving to your kid. That's yeah. all it is. And the, you hope that, yeah, yeah that's, that's how that works. By the way, real so. quickly, and to, to wrap up on, on mine, so Sims was the on-course MVP. Yeah. He went undefeated. I mean, he's a steely competitor. He's a very good competitor. And how did he do game, with How did he do good. with like the ball loss situation? Because I've seen that not go well for him. <laughs> he well, he, not in terms of losing a lot, but when he loses, he's not pleased about it. Yeah, yes. he he was good. He was good. Okay, he was understandable yeah. to the elements. Yep, the kid was the off off course MVP. The cook, the off off course. <laughs> yes, the yeah. cook was became the king because in the biggest match that basically settled everything. And the Cooks, uh, he was getting, let's see, he was getting f- like a 17 okay. handicap. Um, and he had had some real struggles the first two days. And then the last day on the last hole, he him, and Sims were partners. Sims was out of it. The Cook made a five for a four on a 600 and like 70 yard par five, <laughs> made a par by making a like a 25 foot bomb. And he had had like, some three putts and four putts. Come on. Like, un- rolled unexpected it in. rolled it in. And then I had a chance to make a birdie on top of him that I did not make. And so he became King Cook. He won it right there. That's unbelievable. 25-footer? Yeah. Like, he had to hit his first. So he had a, he had a good drive. When did you know it had a chance? I actually did. I was standing right at the hole and didn't think it was going in. At the last second, like, turned straight left, like divine intervention, and went right in. Pulled it, in. it just never occurred to me. That it was gonna go in, and then the cook went and he dropped that bomb, and then I'm about to hit my putt, and they're all hugging right there. Even my own teammate, the kid, I'm like, wait a second, it's not over. Like, and I had to then back off and go on, and then I missed the putt, and I was very upset. And then I, uh, I launched the ball, uh, uh, probably a good mile. Fell fly there. Oh, it Rocky flew. Mountain Air. Oh, baby, it did. Further than you thought. Fortunately, it avoided all people, which was great. Were there pedestrians? No, but I knew where I couldn't throw it, so I threw it just kind of towards like the abyss. Yeah, but then all of a sudden, like a cart came around, but it, it went like clear of him clearly, like because I'm here and he's here. I, I've never seen Zag- how how often do you see Zagura mad? Oh, not often at all. No, yeah. I get mad. Golf frustrates me and wham wham me. This is a total. It's, I'm embarrassed, but it's a wham. Like there's nothing else that you do in the world, and I realize otherwise it wouldn't be fair, but the way that the handicaps work, especially in a two-on-two game, it's very difficult. So on that day, I played by far the best golf of, of anybody, yeah. but because of the way the strokes work and the handicaps well, work and you, whatever. How would you do it otherwise? There's no way to even. do it. There's no way. Yeah. I think this is what I – this is here's my proposal. I'm, I, I'm sh- I was certain that you have given, given some thought to this. I have. So here's yeah. what I have to say about it. I think strokes – should be if you want to have it be like one shot a hole because that's the way that they do it you know like a guy can stroke on it that means for me to beat them with a par they have to make a double bogey Mm -hmm. which feels wild to me so here's what here's and maybe this is benefits me because i'm a good ball striker i think if i hit the green in regulation okay okay and i make a on a par four let's say i hit two into 
make my two putts par, exactly how the hole's supposed to be played. And then somebody who's a well, getting a stroke makes, and they end up having to chip on or whatever. I think me hitting the green regulation should take a quarter shot off of the stroke. So that therefore, if they made a five with one putt, for example, that doesn't tie my four that's made properly. Like there should be some type of an aesthetic to it. Because when you give a full shot, it's really two. Because I really need, for me to win a hole with a par, you have to make a double. Or two people, in the case of a two-man game, both have to make doubles. And that doesn't happen all that often. Like with, you know, 10 to 15 handicapped golfers. And I'm giving them 10 to 15 shots. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I don't know how you're going to do the quarter. It always works out for me if I'm playing one-on-one or if, if, like, let's say we played and at the end we just took the strokes off the handicap. That mm-hmm. usually works out in my favor. But in a two-on-two situation, because it's, it's two the different match people, play that's the that one makes that's, it very difficult. It's the match part of it that makes it important. In one-on-one and match, I'm fine. Yeah. But in the two-on-two. So in that one, I played really, really well, and then we got – because of the way we do it, so we play we – play if the, you get up by two, we do the front nine as a match, the back nine as a match, and then the 18 as a match. The 18 is mm-hmm. obviously worth more yeah. than, the, than the two sides. But on each side, there can be extra bets. If anybody gets up 2-0 on a side, there's an automatic new bet. Mm-hmm. So what happened to us was we got up 2-0 after four holes on the front and ended up losing the front one down. So that means we actually ended up losing one, three, and one. Yep. Which means we lost three times three the value times. of the front nine. Correct. Yeah. By losing by one shot. And on the back nine, we ended up tying. Yeah. But we were up 2-0, and oh, but it ended up being 0-2-0. Oh, and oh. So we ended up losing one way on the back and losing the 18. So it was right. the biggest monetary loss ever by losing a match by one hole, which was due in large part to the Cook's bomb on 18 when he became King Cook. So I, yeah, was I don't know how to fix quite it. Frustrated. I, I understand your frustration. I don't know how to fix it. And we were going to do a stroke play event for the full time, but it became pretty apparent like pretty quickly that the numbers, because the ease of ball losing was just going to frustrate people and then having to putt out a five-foot putt that wouldn't have mattered in our match, but then you had to putt up five-foot downhill, right. side hill for stroke play. People were not having it. So yeah, that was we bailed take. on that after nine, which was I think ended up being a smart thing to do. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a solution for you on that because I I understand your frustration though. I think that was just, I think probably what happened to you in that particular match is a, probably an anomaly. Like that that wouldn't all happen to no, where it, it does where you would lose three on the first half, lose three no. bets on the because you're up two, which forces the rebet. Yeah, so you guys collapsed the last three holes. Well, we did. I mean, I played great, but Sims played great. He ended up shooting. I think I shot a thirty-eight on the front, and he shot a forty. So if he's getting shot so every, hole, diff- every one of his but parts why is, is a birdie. He, why is his handicap that much worse? That goes back to our kid conversation. Is Sims, what's the difference? Sims, it, Sims I guess the hand- question becomes, if a guy can shoot 40. Yeah, but they shot 46. He didn't break 86 on the entire trip. So it evens out because he could get wayward, yeah, but he can make a lot of pars. So, like, and he and I together, we had. Would a, be lights out. Yeah. We did. We, yeah. we crushed. But the other matches, we lost by one both times. So it comes down to often, you know, when you're playing against somebody with strokes, the, your partner with strokes has to be able to make pars on those holes to match, you know, their pars, which is a hard thing to do because they're getting strokes. Yeah, because they suck. And Sims hits bombs. Like, yes, he does Sims hit bombs. bombs. He's actually perfect for for any sort of He's a perfect two-guy, yeah, two-man sure. game guy. For sure, yeah. Me and him have not lost this year. Like, and we played yeah, probably you, no, seven no, times a year. No, together. yeah. This lends to a bigger picture conversation, all of this. Yeah. And that is the guy's golf trip. Like, Zagura, this is your first experience into this foray a little bit. Well, I've done it in the past, but not like 
Uh, this, this is, is going to be right. This is Gibby's wheel. It's a great. It is a. It is just. It's like chicken soup for the soul. Yes. As I told Bo last week, as Bo and I were having this conversation, I think it will be easier for Bo to go on one of these when his kids are older. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. not now. Right now no, is not. No. Great. Now's not it. How's no. not it? Yeah. Well, what led to that was what's the most amount of nights that I could do yes. and wrap my head around it, like with. I think I did pretty well. I only did three nights. Yeah. So it ended up like while I got four full days there. Well, that was the key. As we said, you went west. Yep. So that allows for it because you were able to play that afternoon. You know, I think I don't know what flight you're on, but I said, gosh, if he was on an early flight, he could be there by 10 a.m. I was on 9 a.m. It was nine and I landed it like it's a three hour flight with a two hour time difference. So I was basically there. Yeah, I was like there like 1030 or whatever. Right. So Maybe my flight was 930 even. Right. And then you like, drive out and you drive out. And I was there so by 1230. Yeah. So you're safe. So yeah. you and if you would have been on first flight out, you'd been there by nine o'clock in the morning. So yeah. you, that's the beauty of going west. Totally. On the well, way out. Turns out, you know, a place out west. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, couple of news. It is mini camp week. It is, it is underway. We, we'll get you set for it. We have uh, Z with some position uh, things to keep an eye on both offensively and defensively. Uh, also, the NFL Network picking up the News 5's broadcast of the Browns-Eagles preseason telecast on Sunday, August 21st at 1 p.m. For those of you who are not in the market, you'll be able to see that um, on, on the 21st as well. And so this we're going to have three fun days here. You got, you got them here tomorrow. You got them in Canton on Wednesday, and then we're at the stadium on Thursday. Thursday. And yep. then good and night, then that's Nurse. It. We'll see then you on we'll down see a training road. camp. End of yeah. July. That's the way that that's going to go. So that'll be fun. This will be a fun week here. Going to be hot, man. It's going to be like 100 on Wednesday. So, yeah, like 100 Wednesday is going to be brutal. Is that the hottest? Is there, I don't remember a 100-degree day here. Well, it's crazy. It, it's like it, mid-70s. They are saying the record high temperatures expected. Yeah, 10 to 20 degrees higher than average yeah. this week. So today it's going to get down to high 80s. I mean, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna go to the 80s today. It's supposed and then to storm tomorrow, tonight. allegedly. I, it's supposed to. It, That's it, all it I saw. Rain for the last. I had two the days. app. It was 100 percent oh, rain yesterday. 88 percent chance of rain. Okay, well it sprinkled. There was a, a 10 second sprinkle. Other than that, it was fine. There was nothing, nothing the whole way. So it was it was uh, it was all good on that front. So we'll see. But yeah, it's gonna be hot, man. I I'm glad they're practicing for like 45 minutes in Canton because that turf would eat them up down there it would eat them up and they, it's got great turf but it would be so hot i mean the, the turf's got to be 110 oh my goodness <clears throat> look at this look at him look at him look at that face love it that that's of when his dress up looks that's my favorite yeah no, the, that's a the good ultra one. light khaki with the light blue jacket light, yeah. uh-huh. i love that uh-huh. look on him he's that's a strong look out of him all of those are good but that's a good one um all right so we'll get you set with all this stuff we'll go around the league speaking of golf uh and by the way some of what you experienced out there is what what I think the PGA Tour could use. Uh, I'll give you something else I think they could use, and we saw it over the weekend. We'll get into that because that is a fascinating conversation, what happened between the Live and the PGA yeah. and where that's all going as the U.S. Open beckons this, this week weekend at the Country Club. So you have that to look forward to, which is nice. We're off and running here on a Monday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Buying or selling home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Service is always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, then we've got you covered. Because at Howard Hanna, every day is game day. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today. Yeah, I was saying we were talking about it in the break. It's really, it's the mid-handicap who plays a lot that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem it's in the golf smoke, handicap yeah. system because of the amount of strokes that they are giving. Yeah. Like, they play a lot, so they're capable. And of, a nine can really par good. at any hole. Tens. Yeah, that's the problem. That's, and that's Sims where right now is. is is up. He's like, a, I want to say he was like maybe a, a 12 or an, a 12, I think. And the kid was a 13, 14. And Sims is, he was smoking it. He was smoking it. Yeah, his game is better than. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that would allow for him. Mean, he's capable of, of much of better. So that's that's where your problem is. Your problem is not the 18s. No. It's not the 18s, the 20s. Those guys, right. hard to tell for them to make par. Right. Uh, the, the hardest is the is that 10 area. Um, all right, let's go around the league. Lamar Jackson showed up for minicamp in Baltimore. There was some yep. concern that he wouldn't. Uh, didn't know really what to expect. That whole situation has been odd all off season. Very. But he's there now. Do you know if he's – is he speaking? I don't know. I would imagine if he's there, he's going to speak. I mean, be the first time at some point this week. That's when you're going to have the media availability. So No one's heard from yeah. him since when? After the season? Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that he will speak. So that is – You'll hear from him, unless they're talking about a contract. Though it's keeping it the same as it was, which is really the the truth of the matter, right? That they're they are looking for him to either be their long term answer, or maybe they're reluctant to make him the long term answer because it feels odd to me that we are at this impasse. I don't think. I think it's pretty simple. I think that. I think what he. I'm sure what he wants is more guaranteed than our guy got. And I'm sure they're reluctant to do that. Yeah. I don't think it's any more complicated than that. Like, if you go back to Bashadi's comments from earlier this offseason after the Deshaun deal was done and the contract was announced, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear. He's saying, look, I've won an MVP. I've been here the whole time. I, this is my market value. I yes. would like this. And the Ravens going, well, no. We don't. No, we're not we don't, sure not about sure that. We're not sure we're going there. Yeah, we're not sure about like, that. Like, I'm sure the Ravens, I'm sure they would give him, like, one of the largest annual salaries in the league in guaranteed money over a shorter period. I'm sure they would yes. do that. Yes. We'll see. It's an interesting one because the longer it drags on, you just feel like it ha- it's going to have an adverse effect. Not to mention the fact that the Ravens are probably cognizant of the that their former first-round pick, Hollywood Brown, they handled it very well, but – didn't want to play in that offense anymore. Yeah. They can't attract big-name free agents. They have not been able to do that at all to no. play wide receiver in that offense. And so is that the way that you want to be known or to play offense in this conference where you're going to have to be able to put the ball in the air to compete with you know, Burrow and Mahomes and Allen and Herbert and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson – that becomes a question I think that they are probably focused on pretty heavily asking and trying to answer. And I think it's a difficult one. I think it's the most complicated question we've had in the league in a long time. Because he is incredibly good. He's a sensation. But He's insane. There's also, there's also the other part of it. I right. mean, like we talked about last year on the show a lot. Like, in this league right now, you have to be able to throw it. These are your words, and they couldn't be more accurate. You have to be able to throw it when everybody knows that you're going to throw it. Yep. And that's the thing with them. Can they do that with him at the highest level against the rest of these gunslingers in the AFC? It's literally a quarter-billion-dollar question. 
It is, and, I, and it's a tough one because you're going to be – right, you're going to be dealing with it, and it's going to have massive ramifications for your organization going forward. Yeah, and at the same time, if he's not there, then they're then you're in C.J. Stroud. Go get C.J. Stroud territory. Yeah. You know, you're winning five, six games. Yeah. I was having this conversation over the weekend. Where this league is – this league is – this is where it is now, and this is why – whether it's Baker or Garoppolo or any of these quarterbacks who are trying to be dealt. You either have a lock stock franchise quarterback. You have a young guy who you just drafted in the last two or two years, usually not even three anymore. It used to be those guys had a lot longer leash to grow into their position. But now it feels like, if you, you know, in two or three years, if you have a guy or not. So you either have one, have just drafted one that you hope becomes one, or you don't want anything else. Or you don't have, right. And then you're going for Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, bottom out, go get me my quarterback in the top of the draft. That's it. That the, the, the middle-class quarterback, which is something that this league has always had, does not – the teams don't want that anymore. Teams don't want quarterbacks ranked 12 to 18. They either want 25 to 32 or 1 to 12. Yep. And that's where – because you can't win at the highest level with 12 to 18. It's not happening. No. So you it's, have to, you it's have a to big have... change, though – it's a big change from in the mentality of the league because that never used to be the case. Like, how long did Andy Dalton play in Cincinnati? He was never a top-12 quarterback in the league. He may have been close like a year or two, but you for example, point, but you would never right. And Andy Dalton was somebody that I cited, I think, probably prior to us doing the show together and even once we did, is a guy that he's too good to get rid of, but he's not good enough to get That's it done. Right. And so right. they were, I felt, from that standpoint, in a little bit of purgatory. Now they get to – Joe Burrow and I believe they are out of that purgatory. Sure, but that's either it, right? You either have it or you don't. And if you're not sure if you do, you don't. That's it. Yeah. And now the but the league used to be patient in the just good enough guys. Sure. Now we're not. Well, Dalton we was winning the division. Guys. Like he no, was. I know, a but they were never winning the Super Bowl. They, you saw it in the playoffs it. every year. He couldn't make the throw couldn't, when he needed to do it. They never won a playoff game with Dalton. No. Never. Um, and so, and I don't mean to just pick on him because there's still a very lot good. of examples of that. Yeah of guys that were like that, where you'd be patient with the, oh, he's good enough. Now we're not. We're no. quick to move off of him. And, like, for example, in Jacksonville, I believe they are going to, you know, you're going to get more time for Trevor Lawrence, who was dreadful last because it, it almost like this is year one for him. It is, yeah. Zach Wilson, if he struggles as much as he did last year, you know, I think they're going to be in the Jets. And they're going to try to look to do something else. Sure. You know? And they're an interesting team because – that's a team that you would probably say that's a good landing spot for a quality backup in the event that Wilson doesn't work because it's a pretty talented roster yeah. right now with the Jets. But, yeah, you just don't see where's Baker going to go, where's Garoppolo going to go. Well, look at look at just in recent years what's happened with Mariota and Winston. Um, sure. Who, who, who's the, I just blanked on the uh, – Darnold. Rosen's was go, bounced around in a year and a half and gone. gone. Like. Darnold moved out of the Jets, and so the drafts, so they could draft another one. Like you used to have patience for a guy to grow, now we don't. Yeah. Now we're just either you have it, you're in the first couple of years of seeing if you have it, or you're out, and that's it. So we'll. But that that's that to me is a fascinating change in the league. It is because you need to be able to compete because the game is about limit making explosive plays on offense, limiting explosive plays on defense, and and the fact is the majority of those explosive plays come via the pass game. There are certain running backs and schemes and teams that are good enough to create explosives in the run game. We are amongst them, 
But the reality is, over time, you need to be able to throw the football, as you said earlier, when other teams know you're going to throw the football. And the teams that can do that are the teams that can win big games, and the teams that can't do that need to follow a particular script to win a game. And that's a very difficult thing to do in the NFL week after week, and certainly in a three- or a four-game continuous run against the best of the best. Yeah. Terry McLaurin and Osho at Commander's Minicamp. Boy, no news out of there. Good Lord. You got Snyder going before committee. Del Rio's comments. Yep. Del Rio find. Yeah. And you have now McLaurin doesn't. Sh- what a mess. What an embarrassment that operation is. It's not great. Is. It's not great. It's not great in any way. Um, so McLaurin out at uh, Commander's Mandatory Minicamp. Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson giving his vets mandatory minicamp week off, saying, quote, I'm still having the mandatory minicamp, mandatory three days, but I'm only doing the rookies, selected veterans, and our injured players. What do you make of that? I wonder if they had great attendance or something. Um, so maybe he feels like everything that they had hoped to have accomplished by the end of the mandatory minicamp has been accomplished, but I'm hoping Trevor Lawrence is one of those select players because I think yeah. he needs every he needs all good positive influence and rep he can get. And then you'd want his receivers to be there as well. Um, so maybe he's going to do more of like a passing camp for some of those guys because it's a lot of new faces. I mean, they're big Christian Kirk, who they spent $17 million on. That guy, you know, get it. Don't you want him to get as many reps as possible, Trevor Lawrence? I, I think I they think. all matter. So I'm surprised by that. It's not like we're talking about, you know, a vet, veteran-laden not the Rams. Rams team, right, that is bringing back basically the core you know, participants from their Super Bowl win a year ago. That's not this team. This team was dreadful a year ago, got less than zero coaching, and now have an opportunity you know, with Doug Peterson, who's been a Super Bowl champion, to get good coaching. So I'm surprised by it a little bit, but I, I'm get, Doug Peterson is a guy that I think is, is pretty darn good about what he's – yeah, what he's doing. So I think that if he he probably feels like they accomplished what they needed to do. Tyree Kill on Patrick Mahomes and Tua Tungavailoa. This was on the It Needed to Be Said podcast, which by the way is his. So this was his him and Drew Rosenhaus having this conversation. Yeah, and then there was a third gentleman that was kind of like emceeing it all, but I don't, okay. I don't did not get his. Name. All right, so here's Tyree Kill on uh, on the two quarterbacks. As far as accuracy wise, I'm going with Tua all day. So which one would you rather have? The deep ball where you got to scramble around the field to try to go find it? Or nah. do you want that accuracy to hit you right in the bread basket on the run? I want it to hit me right in the bread basket just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game and take it 70. And the rest is history. And again, this is not a shot at anybody. Right. This is just stuff that had to be said. It right? needed to be said. It needed so to be said. said. Hmm. No, it didn't. Didn't need to be said. Remind me again who threw him that pass that he went 70 on against the Bills? Why is he trying so hard with this? Why know. is he trying so hard to push this narrative? It's I find it very, very. Is it coming odd. from there? That camp is it is Tua insecure? Why is he doing this? Why would you do this? I think he's putting more pressure. Quite he's frankly, making it worse. On no one would still be talking about it. Tua by doing what he's doing, I think he is putting more pressure on him. Um, it's it's a pretty wild thing to me that he is even going at him. And I, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, you look at in the league last year uh, and you go into the 2021 season and you look up, you know, big time throws and all of these things. And, and Mahomes is a guy that we all know what kind of plays Patrick Mahomes can make. We know what his arm can do. And he admittedly had, I think, 
a down season for him. That was not his best season throwing the football. But the notion that he is not a, a better thrower of the football than – and by the way, in a down season, Mahomes, including the playoffs, threw for almost 6,000 yards, 48 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions, and everybody's was that ragging down? That on him. That was bad. That wasn't ragging good. Ragging on him. And completed 67.3% of his passes. By the way, think about the amount of shots Mahomes takes. Well, yeah. Deep down the field. Yeah, his average depth of target for – is is significant and as you pointed out he throws right he throws a lot of balls 20 plus yards I, I think it's a very it's a weird i just stunning thing to go after I, and something i don't quite understand it i don't understand why why that's happening it's a damn thing i don't i don't know why you got to do it for either but he's doing it and i get you know the, the proof will be on the field you'll see it on yes. the field you'll see the difference we'll see if tyree kill ever has a year by the way it's a lot easier to catch that slant or that uh, over against Buffalo when you got a guy who can throw at 75 yards and the safeties have to play four yards further back. Well, it's a lot easier. It opens up the entire field. We'll see how easy it is to catch a slant and go in Miami when everybody's in the box. Tua is better than what a lot of people have said he is. I think that Tua is better than people are giving him credit for, but he's not right. He's not Mahomes. It's just no reason to make the comparison. No, so why even do it? There's why no reason to make the yeah, comparison. It's just stupid to do. Yeah, he's one of those guys that the ceiling to me is like the 15th best quarterback in the NFL. I would, yeah. And listen, he has. He's gonna have every opportunity to say that is not who I am. They've got Tyreek Hill. They've got Waddle. They brought in Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys. They've got Mostert now. You've got Mike McDaniel calling the plays, and you've got Gasecki at who's basically another receiver. A lot of talent. At tight end. There's a lot of talent there. That's not a bad football team. Mm-mm. And if he's good. They're going to be really good. Yeah. Happy 66th birthday to Joe. Joe Montana, 66 over the weekend. Your boy. The GOAT, Joe Montana. He's great. There's somebody sent me uh, – let's see if I can pull it up here real quickly because I liked it because I enjoyed seeing it. But it was uh, basically how um, Steve Young in his <laughs> memoir – what a kill! This is from Seth Wickersham. Happy 66, Joe Montana. What a killer he was. Steve Young's autobiography is a fantastic study on the requirements of quarterbacking greatness, his own and Joe's. It was a window inside Montana's brilliance and how he elevated his play as Young challenged him because he was the best. And then there was also, uh, he was such a killer that he forced Belichick into this great moment a few years ago. So they were doing the NFL 100 all-time team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Belichick was on the panel with Brady and was still pissed about some throw that Montana made against the Giants when he was the Giants that. defensive coordinator. And he's like, I don't know. He, like, he was pissed about it. <laughs> so that was pretty good. I had a, uh, I had a conversation on another, uh, another platform, and the comment <laughs> – the comment was uh, we, we were discussing about somebody had made the claim. Re- oh, it's Fitzmagic made the claim recently about that. Man- he thought Peyton Manning was the best quarterback of all time. He thought he's better than Brady, uh, that he's the best quarterback he's ever seen was Peyton Manning. Um, and so, of course, that led to uproar. You, this is when you were on vacation. It led to uproar. How could you say that? He's the best regular season quarterback of all time. Um, yeah, he didn't put the qualifier on it. He just said he's the best yeah. quarterback of all time. Make so, um, so I was talking about the other guys that you could make the case. Uh, brought up Otto, brought up Joe Montana. And one of the people jumped on and said, you know, it's Joe Montana. And I said, I go, yeah, that's right. And they said, and I go, because in my youth, he was Brady. Like, he was perfect in the postseason. If he had the ball, it was over. And they were quick to say, it's funny, when I think of the 49ers, I don't even think, I always think of Steve Young as, like, the greatest. Like, I swear to God. How young are they? 
or late 20s yeah early that's 30s a, that's absurd here's what's crazy okay and i was just his mic's not on he can't wait to talk but his mic's not on montana give it go ahead we go ahead. bust zagura's chops quite a bit about this yes yeah, but true. we all know the real truth yes, yes. bootsy knows the real truth yeah. too here's the thing 1989 okay in a 13 he played 13 games that year obviously his first team all pro 1989 he completed 70 percent of his passes for 3600 yards 26 touchdowns eight interceptions averaged 9.1 yards per attempt and had a quarterback rating of 112 so he was th completing 70 percent of his passes throwing for 271 yards a game set the nfl record at that time for completion percentage in a season yards per attempt in a season and quarterback rating like now we think of guys who complete 70 percent of their passes and you're like oh yeah that's not that big of a deal in 1989 nobody was doing that no, nobody was coming. He was the MVP of the league, obviously, as as you would have expected, and he should have been. But to say that you know he was out there completing seventy percent of his passes. Here's what's crazy. What do you just? I want somebody to take a guess. So the 49ers, he was Forty ers quarterback. Seventy one percent of his passes were completed. Take a guess as to the completion percentage of the second best team passing offense in the NFL in 1989. Who would have it or who would Just what, what the percentage I would, was. I would say it would be 64 or 65. I think he lapped the field. In my mind, he lapped the field. Gibbe? Gibber? If only he had a light. 63%. So second place was the Saints at 61%. Third was the Houston Oilers, 59%. So there were only two teams yeah. in the league that completed more than 60% of his, their passes. Two. Yeah. He completed 70. Well, that's how I remember it. Like that's how I remember. The averaged quarterback in the NFL that year completed fifty-five percent of their passes. Fifty-five. When I tell the percent. kids about about all this, and we have these type of discussions. The helpless. It, there was a helplessness when he had the ball. It was, well, we're losing. I mean, there was no stopping him. If if you kicked him the ball with any amount of time, they were going to score. That's Here's the other like. thing: the average team threw twenty touchdowns. And through 20 interceptions. People are used to this, oh, where guys are throwing, you know, 3-1, to 4-1, to 5-1, to 10-1 to one in Aaron yeah. Rodgers' case. Touchdown. That didn't happen back no, then. No, no, no. You have to – it was a totally different game. And he was doing it in the 80s. That's how – That's, that's how you know relative to everybody else, he was on a diff completely different level. That's how we say that about the Marino year with the 5,000 yards passing in uh, 1984. Yeah. It's impossible. My buddy my buddy is the ultimate Montana hater. And I Why? I get the text message. Why? This this was the text message. Uh, hell of a system, that West Coast offense. System QB. Sad. It's insane. Sad. Um, all right, we'll get you set for minicamp coming up next. We'll take a look at the offense. He'll give you some names to pay attention to. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Are your business operations suffering from internal communications breakdowns? Bo here from my friends at EOX Vantage. They're data scientists, also business ops experts. Your EOX Vantage team helps you build a streamlined communication system. It's going to bring together your email, your chat, your intranet, announcements, your CRM. It's one clear 
flow. Your people, including those who work remotely, gain a centralized hub that encourages collaboration. No more disconnected communications methods that leave team members out of the loop or not on the same page. Real, everyday business problems solved with EOX Vantage. See how other business owners are getting everyone on the same page by visiting eoxvantage.com. Time for Minicamp, my friends. It is here. It'll be here tomorrow on campus. It'll be down in Canton on Wednesday and then on Thursday, it'll be at the stadium. We'll wrap up everything there. Uh, Z, by the way, when you were gone, we went to the uh, the Cavs. They went to the Cavs facility, got some shots up. Oh, I, Jacoby I, Brissett. Yeah, he's pure. I saw that he out here. Pure. He's got a very, very buttery jumper. He's a big guy, tall guy. Mm-hmm. Could have been a nice two, I would imagine. And yeah. If he wanted to go that route at uh, at NC State, he can definitely can shoot it. Yeah. He Florida kid, right? He started at UF and then went to NC State. Yeah. I think he's from Dwyer High School. He can right now, like my three that based on just my observations. And again, look, we talked with JOK. We know the guy was all state. So sure. He's probably on the squad. But in terms of just like shooting, it's Brissett, LeCount and Willie Harvey. I think have have separated. They've separated from the pack. I I rediscovered my jump shot over the weekend. It's a great feeling. It took me a while to get back in the flow. I hadn't played hoops in a while. And my youngest was doing that. Did I tell you, were you off when he was doing that stuff where we played one on one? He almost got me because he hit like four threes. We played to 15 twos and threes. He hit four threes. And I wasn't going to chase him all the time. And I'm like, oh, I, I got to go here. And he was just giving me threes, and I couldn't hit him. And I'm like, what is the going disrespect. on? This is how we just return his back. It was stunning. I'm like, well, I can't. I'm not. This can't happen. So he could have thrown not up now. one prayer, though, and gone in. Well, so made, then yeah. I had to get up in him. But I'm saying so he still could have thrown one up there. Could he not well, get one up That's what I had to do. Him? Yeah. I mean, that's what he had to do. He, but he, luckily, he missed. Um, but I did, I did hit the last one and just walked off the court, just walked off. Uh, so we were, remain undefeated. But then since then, we've played every day, and now you're getting back in. Now I got it. So now I'm, I'm knocking them, you know, five out of eight, they're going down, and that's, that's more how it ought to be. Yeah. You got to get me yeah. on the court with the, the, the kids. I'll even it out a little bit. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> the big fella. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, all right. So anyway, we saw the guys go out there. So Brissett winning that. It's a good job out of him. That's a pretty good group, by the way. Yeah. Brissett, JOK, LeCount, Harvey. Yeah. Miles. DPJ is pretty confident in his game as well. His shot looked pretty good to me. Yeah. And he said he was pretty. And Jacob Phillips won the dunk contest that they had a couple years back. So he's. As you did a. If you did a five, though. Yeah. Right now, you probably go. Yeah. Who runs the point on that group? I think Rich, right? Probably Rich LeCount. And then. You'd have LeCount, Harvey, JOK, Brissett, and Miles. And then Miles. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mini camp preview. Give us a guy to bad. look at. No, I think in, around the league it would probably be pretty say, good. Pretty good rate, yeah. Yeah, you no got doubt. all state well, guys. Well, we probably also have, if we're being totally honest about it, Santos Silva's playing. I mean, the guy just was playing a starter oh, at right. Texas Tech and was <laughs> yeah. pretty good. So we could bring, Yeah, that's true. He yeah. would be on the mix. He's, He's in the mix, mix, for sure. I forget about him. All right, uh, give me a, uh, give me wants a player out of you from each of the following positions that you're watching this week. Uh, on this is the offensive side of the ball, so we'll start there, my friend. You can either start quarterback, offensive line. It's your no, world. we'll start. We'll start quarterback, and, and we were just talking about him. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, he was born at West Palm Beach, Florida, down there. Uh, Dwyer, do I have that right? It says West Palm. I feel like he's Dwyer. In my head, he's Dwyer. You continue, and I'll look it up. All right, look it up. Oh, high school was Dwyer. The high school was Dwyer. Yeah, there you I go. So, yep. yeah. Um, so Brissett, 
is somebody that it is like it feels more likely than not that we'll have to start some games for the Browns at some point. He's a guy for his career, 36 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, 2 to 1 ratio there, uh, 60% completions for his career, uh, and a quarterback rating of 83. Now, this is will be the most quarterback-friendly system he has ever played in. Now, when he was in Indy, I like these numbers, 31 touchdowns, 13 picks for him. Uh, last in Miami last year, he kind of filled in and, and did a pretty good job. Career high in completion percentage at 63%, uh, threw for 1,283 yards, went 2-3 and three as a starter for the Dolphins. But he's going to have to do better than that. So I'm going to be watching him a lot because, as I said, it is likely he will play some games for the Browns this season. Um, and he's a guy that has experience. They brought him in in the event of that this situation. They knew that this was a possibility that he would play some games, and they wanted him to be ready. So I think I've already seen enough to know that on the field, just in the mini camp and, and just watching his NFL tape, you got to watch him play in the league. That yeah. There's no doubt Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback, not zero. I have no doubts about that. So if Brissett plays, what can we be with Brissett? What kind of throws as training camp evolves and as mini camp, you know, we see these next three days before we get in the training camp because it's more of a passing camp now. But what are the throws that he is the most comfortable with? What are the throws that he, he might be struggling with? Where is he able to attack? Is he able to attack the defense in the same manner in which Deshaun is? And by what I mean by that is to utilize the full width and length of the field and also using the middle of the field, which we certainly have seen Deshaun be very proficient at so far. And so far, I think Jacoby's had a very nice minicamp, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. So he's the guy, though, that I'm going to be keeping my eye on there. Well, yeah, and I'm curious how that divvies up, you know, especially once we get in. Hopefully by camp, we, have, we know. My God, it can't I have be. a feeling we're going to know soon. I think Feels that, like it. I feel like we are going to know very soon. I think we'll yeah. probably head into this break with either knowledge leading us into this break or knowledge immediately going into this break but you'll have a good idea about where yeah. things go with that yeah it feels like there needs to have some clarity like it's been a while and uh you need to have some clarity on what and that ian, is. ian rapaport is while we're on the air right now is on the mcafee show and he said uh four to ten games feels like the range that he's hearing and so you're starting to that's see crazy though with all due respect it's a huge Rappaport, range it's that's no kind ridiculous. of a range yeah it's a no that's ridiculous that, that, yeah. that's it's, you can't do that you can't say four to you eh. That's not anything. Well, eight I think, is I think it could be between one and ten. Right. Like, that's not right. Come no. on. Maybe However. I should, maybe I should start blowing up his phone, you know, in case he's got to take a phone yeah, call maybe and blow off McAfee. Get him, yeah. Um, here's the other thing. The odds at FanDuel uh, moved over the weekend, I believe, from the Browns at plus 200, Ravens were plus 200, Bengals were plus 210. This is to win the division. Those odds have now moved to Ravens plus 200. Uh, I think Bengals are, or I'm sorry, Ravens plus 160. Bengals stayed at plus 200, and we went to plus 270, which would indicate to me, and Vegas typically knows these things. Now, the other thing it's important to note that we are odds to win the AFC and to win the Super Bowl remain better than those of the Ravens or the Bengals at FanDuel Sportsbook. So that's a move that indicates to me like six. Yeah. Not a severe. I like your number. line of thinking, sure, but something caused them to move. Something, got, yeah, that's that's right. Something. So, and I think that there is a is a sentiment that this is happening sooner. Rap sheet saying the idea is the Browns will know suspension before the training camp. I think it will be significantly before training camp. I think we will know this in June, but I could be wrong. All right, at running back, lots to look at here, my friend. So, I know who Nick Chubb is. Yep. I feel like I 
got a very good handle on who Kareem Hunt is, and I know who Dearness Johnson is. And so I'm going to be watching Jerome Ford because I think the Browns, at least this is my indication, and from talking to uh, certainly some of the guys on the offensive staff, the Browns may have gotten a little bit of a gem here in Jerome Ford late. And you can get guys late or undrafted guys who in this particular style of offense can thrive. And we've seen it around the league all the time. I believe last year, Elijah Mitchell, who was the leading rusher for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, I'm pretty, I want to say, was, I think he was a sixth round pick. Uh, just, yes, and he was a sixth round pick, just like Jerome Ford was. And, and last year, he put up 963 yards rushing on nearly five yards a carry in 11 games for the 49ers. Those are 11 game totals. So obviously an incredibly productive running back a year ago. I think the Browns may have gotten a little bit of a, a steal in, in Jerome Ford and somebody that as the future goes on will probably be, get an opportunity to play a bigger role. Very natural catching the ball. That's been very apparent in this camp. Um, and also the other thing that's jumped out for me at the running back is we're seeing Nick and Kareem on the field a lot together, at least in this passing camp. Uh, so how that continues. But Jerome Ford's the guy that I'm watching, and I, I've so far – very impressed by another Floridian started at Bama, went to Cincinnati productive as all can be um, at, at Cincinnati. Yep. And remember played receiver in high school. So yep. there was, you know, even though he's a running back, had so much talent that that's the way that it worked out. All right. Who do you got at receiver? Where are your eyes? Anthony Schwartz. I mean, Anthony Schwartz to me is the, he is, was in here last week. God, yeah. you just can't help but root for him. He's a nice you kid. In Colorado, just so much root for it, man. Yeah. Like, he knows it. Everybody knows it. Yeah. He's just easy to root for. The light bulb has gone on. He is playing faster. He is playing better. He has had a tremendous offseason. I talked to Chad O'Shea about that. He has been very pleased with Schwartz, and, and that this was a very big thing. Now, obviously, we need to see him continue to do it when the pads go on, but if you're saying where is the arrow pointing right now, it's pointing in a very positive direction, and I think that's going to be key, and you'll know. If the Browns don't make another move at receiver, barring an injury, say if everybody yeah. goes through this and is healthy, that's because they have gotten very confident in what Anthony Schwartz can bring this team as a vertical threat. So he is the guy that I'm watching, and, and I do believe he is off to a tremendous start to this offseason. Tight end. So I thought about this one, and I wrote down three different names. You know, Miller Forrestal is a guy that you want to watch because is he going to be our third tight end and on a team that, that needs three tight ends, and I think he's had a very nice start to his camp. Santos Silva just intrigues me. It's the basketball thing, and you're like, all right, can we get an Antonio Gates? Mm -hmm. Can we get a Tony Gonzalez here? Can we find that guy? I think he's a very natural catcher of the ball, which which made me happy. He's obviously a great athlete, but the guy that I'm be watching is the Chief. This is because, A, I love the Chief. B, he's now the guy, and this is a year where we're looking for the Chief to become an elite tight end in the National Football League. And so will we see the signs of that in training camp? And you know what's interesting is I feel like we had last the last two years, there was almost a fool's goldian, and I just made that up, a fool's goldian like it, approach I, for it. from training camp where it felt like the ball was going to be going to Austin Hooper all the time. I feel like with what we see from Watson, I do think that's more likely to carry into the season. I think that, we're going to see if, if the Chiefs having a big camp, I think that does carry into the season. Because I think everybody would have been shocked, frankly, and we were here, and I know I talked to a lot of people about it, but that Austin Hooper's regular season numbers would be what they were based on what we saw from him in those training camps. 
But I think that this year you have a potential to be different because we're going to be a much more pass-oriented team. And we have, you know, as I said, an elite quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So if Chief is having that kind of a training camp, I think that will really carry over into the season. Yeah, feels like it. Feels like he's he's got to have that type of year for this offense to be what it can be. And you are listening to ESPN 850 WKNR Cleveland. Let's finish on the offensive line, sir. So offensive line, Nick Harris, and again, it's tough to watch these things, but Nick Harris stands out as he's going to become a, your starting center now taking over for the very, very talented and productive and, and reliable, if more than anything, J.C. Treader. But the guy I'm really going to be watching is Chris Hubbard. I think it's important. We don't know when Jack Conklin's going to be back. As of now, Chris Hubbard's been working with the first team at right tackle. Uh, James Hudson is still very much in the mix. Yodeling. <laughs> Yodeling. And, and so... Chris Hubbard, who started a lot of games in this league and a lot of games for the Browns, a valuable guy who's missed basically you know, the last season and a half with injuries. Is he back to being the Chris Hubbard that we know we can count on to play right tackle, to play right guard or left guard or whatever it is that you need to have there? So he's the guy that I'm going to be watching there. You don't say. You don't say. Yeah, lots, lots going on. Uh, we will, uh, we're going to have a little some fun. Some leader hosing. There really was some. Le- There's nothing wrong with a leader hosing no. in, in the middle of June. Uh, typically October, but this is fine this time of year, too. Uh, we'll go around the sports world. We'll also go on the other side of the ball on the defensive side. Coming up here in the final hour, you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious issues. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Uh, we discussed this last week a little bit, and uh, I'm curious your take on it, playing a lot of golf. Uh, and by the way, we'll get to the defensive side of guys to look forward to a little bit later here. But uh, So we had our first live tour event this weekend we had a pga tour stop the rbc in toronto which is typically one of the more nondescript it was awesome though but it was awesome um and and so you got both of these things what did you make of everything the last weekend by the way the u.s open is this week mickelson's presser was an hour ago and by all accounts as awkward as awkward can be but he's playing he's playing everybody should be able to play in the u.s open how could they ban yeah they can't ban well they can't ban anything the Monahan, the guy who runs the PGA Tour, the Commissioner PGA Tour, basically acknowledges that they have no power. I mean, what he said with Nance over the weekend was, "Look, we don't control the majors. The majors, it's up to them. We know where they stand on it." In other words, his biggest point was, "Well, you, you're never going to have to defend playing on the PGA Tour, like you're going to have to defend sure. playing on the Live Tour." That was his biggest selling point. Sure. And so these guys would then not be able to play in like the Tour Championship, yes, or the FedEx Cup, yep. Okay, and they probably and the they don't care. No, well, I mean, you care. saw Dustin Johnson said, "Yeah, I did this so that I don't have to play golf." Right. Well, like, that's why he was both the perfect guy for that tour and the opposite of that. So he's going to play twelve events. He's, he's not said. interesting. Yeah. No. He's not going to. He's not going to create buzz where you have to watch him play. He's not some big personality, and yet he's pretty direct. Does the checks cash? Yeah, they do. I'm going to be fine. Well, he said, I did this so that I don't have to play golf. They yes. said, what are you going to do? They were like, Matt, well, what are you going to do the other four weeks? Like, whatever I whatever want. Whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah, seems great. Uh, I did enjoy from the live um, 
So it, it seemed like the team stuff didn't work out quite as well as they had wanted it to. I found it to be confusing. I watched it on Thursday. Yeah. All of it Thursday. I had it on in the morning. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday that they yeah, ran? Yeah, 54 holes and they're out. That's it. Which I think that's kind of a win. I would probably go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So would though, I. Because um, you're punting on Thursday, I think, big time from an attention standpoint. Um, so they had that. They had the incredible, awkward Alan Shipnuck removed. Do you see this? Yeah. He the, was removed. Why? Because he's the one that wrote the uh, the biography of Mickelson and okay. then put that stuff out that got Mickelson in trouble. Yeah. So you can hear Mickelson giving a press conference as Shipnuck is being removed at Mickelson's behest. Shipnuck is testing is texting Norman. Who's saying he doesn't know anything about it. Who is standing right behind him. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, I did also get a kick out of the one fan who got like hit and went down like he had been yeah. completely just right. blasted trying to get some of that live money. I, I appreciate that effort, but I thought it was a good week for the PJ Tour to have Rory win, to have it be kind of raucous the way that it was, um, and to take the shot at Norman. He's like, well, I have 21 wins, and Norman, I guess, had 20. Um, he probably made... I mean, that Chesty could have gone better. For could him. not have. No, 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 no. Because without question, he was. I don't think it's a stretch to to suggest that my hunch is he was the first one they went after after Tiger. That Liv sure. went Tiger first, Rory second. Rory was their second call, and probably wanted Tiger and Rory were their top two draft picks. Yes, for this tour, Tiger said no to nine hundred million. Rory had to say no to a couple hundred million at least, maybe three hundred million, which is a wild hundred and fifty million. It's wild, right? Well, it, that's what makes this so interesting because it is in a in a sense a deal with the devil. And you're, that's, that's what, like, you've been doing this since you were six years old. How much will it take for you to do that? That's all this is. Yep. It's, it's a conversation. Bottom, and how, like, I don't understand how they are possibly going to make any money. They don't care. They don't care about they're the buying PR the money. in they, their minds. They're, they're yeah. sports scrubbing. Yes. They're the atrocities that they've done off in, in the real world. Sure. And they're using sports to scrub it. So they don't care. Somebody said that to me last week. They said, well, I don't understand how this thing's ever going to make money. They don't, they don't, they don't care. need they don't the need money. It. It's a bottomless have, pit. It's bottomless. They, they put a $54 million deal. If you, if you shoot a 54, you win $54 million. Charles Schwartzel won the event in London and got $4 million. Now, he's also on salary. Right. My guess, he's won the Masters. I'm sure that that's his highest payday ever on tour. For sure. As a professional golfer. He made $4 million. Rory went made a million six winning on the PGA tour. Yep. So that's, that's what they're giving him up to me. Rory, a chesty Rory McElroy, like sticking it to Norman in the post game and all of that. That's apex Rory. Where's that guy been the last five years? I don't know, but Charles Schwartzel had never made more than his biggest year ever. Um, was in 2015, he made $2.9 million that year. And that was the Masters had to be. That was the year he won the Masters, I believe, was 2010, because that's the one year where it says he has a win. Uh, he's averaged $1.1 in prize money per year for his career, which began in 2002. Um, Jeez. The, the one win he has on the U.S. Tour was in 2010-11, so that's got to be the year when he won 2.6 that year. 2.9-2015 was his highest ever, and he just won $4 million for winning one tournament. So he just made more in one weekend than he'd ever made in a year Yes, playing professional golf. Yeah. So they've got – now, up until this point, with the exception of Johnson, they have had either guys who are like Schwartzel, who won 10 years ago, yep. Westwood, uh, Poulter, those – Sergio, guys who are well past their prime. 
just cashing in, last chance. Dustin's the only one who still is in his prime. He's not what he was four years ago, but he's still in his prime. He still could win majors, capable. But they did get DeChambeau, and they're going to get Reed. Yep. Reed confirmed. Nothing from DeChambeau yet. So they are going to get nothing from DeChambeau personally, but I, but it was reported that his was $100 million to go play in it, that that was his deal to go play in it. Yeah, which is pretty good. By the way, Schwartzel also won 750 as his share of the uh, four-man team winnings as well. So he won 4.75. 4.75 in three days. That's right. Nice little tidy payday. Uh, that'll work. Um, and the PGA Tour's answer to this was, well, yeah, it's blood money. That's their answer to it. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it is. It, it might be. But to what? what's the number? If that's your uh, – to me, that can't be the PGA Tour's only response because too many people are going to take it. Yep. If, they, if this thing sustains – like at one point, Monahan was like, "Look, this is a they're these guys are choosing to leave the the number one tour on golf in golf, where the best play against the best every single week to play in an exhibition for blood money. They are, but if the checks cash, then how do you, that's the reality. So he came in first. The guy who came in second, Duplessis, has been a pro since 2015, has 900,000 in career earnings. He received a check for 2.215 million for coming in second, and another 750,000 from the team competition. So he made." The 4X's career earnings this weekend. Basically. In three days. Yeah. So other guys on tour are going to see that and go, wait, what? Why don't you – so is the tour – I think the tour, they need to come back with, and I guess the economics for them probably don't work. They can't compete with that. But you would have to put guys on salary on the tour too. Yeah, that's what you, you would have to do. But I, I don't know that they've ever opened their books. They don't do anything. Everything's been the same that it's always been. On the PGA Tour. We play the same courses. We do the same. Here's what the PGA Tour needs to have happen then to compete with this. And this just came popped into my mind. So I'm throwing it out there to maybe be thought-provoking or whatever. Corporate sponsors. So sp this is what they should do. Can have like a team of up to five golfers or call 10 golfers, however many they want. So let's say Titleist wants to do something and they have signed, they pay, and then they basically, you create teams within the PGA Tour that aren't teams to play together, but it's a team where they're under somebody's umbrella, and that's who then pays them their salary to stay on tour. So you could have Nike say it's worth, we want, we're going to give Tiger this much to be in, on Team Nike or whatever, yeah, any right, corporate, right, right. it could be any corporation, right? You could have any, like Apple yeah. could have its own group of like three guys that sure. they want to have and they'd wear Apple on their stuff or whatever, but that's how, because the PGA Tour itself isn't going to come up with that money. No. They're not going to be able to compete from a financial standpoint, and then the question is, you know, these, I'm sure they'll say, look, we're taking money from a situation maybe where it's not coming from the best place, but what we do with that money that we've won, perhaps we have a chance to take that money and, you know, as you said, and scrub it into doing good. I'll donate this portion of my winnings to a charity and this, or, yep. you know, whatever. So I think there's... It's going to be hard, I think, long-term for the tour to if, go on. If these guys this. stay comp stay dug in, yeah. if they stay intrigued by this, they stay engaged, Yeah. like the Saudi royal family, if they stay engaged with this, I don't know how the PGA Tour could outlast them. Like, if they're, if they're serious about never this money staying like this. Well, right. They should also be do what you talked about. Like they should go play, take this tour to one of those cool courses in Colorado, or take you know to courses that we're not used to seeing. Yeah, on the reg. No, that's that's part part of my intrigue. I didn't care about anyone playing in that tournament in London. I I just never seen that course. Yeah, right. I never seen it. 
I've never seen this course they're going to play in Portland. It's not Bandon. No. I don't know. I don't even know where it is. Sure. I've never seen it. So I look forward to seeing golf played at places I've never seen before. That's interesting That's to me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, all, all these guys will be at the U.S. Open. U.S. Open this week. Everybody who's qualified is going to be at the U.S. Open this week. So of you're course. going to get a taste you know, of all of this, uh, all of these pressers. Have you been watching the NBA Finals? Yeah. You watched Friday night? Yeah, I was on the, on, was on the plane. Yeah, when I actually landed, and I want to say the Celts were up. They were up going into the half. Yeah. Decently up, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he went nuclear. He just went nuts. Yeah. Here's the thing I don't understand with that, with that sport. How do you have... So you played last Sunday. Yeah. You played Wednesday. Friday. Friday. Monday. How are you not playing Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday? That's what it used to always be. How are you not playing on Sunday? It always was. I mean, I was out and about all weekend. Was was doing sports, doing stuff with the kids all weekend. We finally got down. We were going to watch a little. I thought, well, clearly the NBA game's on at 8. It would have been great. It's got to be on. Everybody would have watched it. Sunday at 8 o'clock, it's got to be on. Nope. No, Monday at nine. Nope. Really? Come on, man. What a missed opportunity. And anybody, I was in local television for 15 years. Yeah. Friday night is death rating standpoint. It's death. No one's watching TV Friday night. Right. Friday night, Saturday night are tough, but Friday night's the worst. Like the fact that you could have gone Thursday, Sunday. What are they doing? It's wild. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's a best of three series now. Uh, tied at uh, two games apiece. So as I was watching this, I'm curious. We should we have smart people in the building here. We my son who had the remote and he flipped it to the USFL game, and so there was a USFL game on. They got the night. playoffs are set, I think. Yeah, I think it's down Canton. It's in Canton, yeah. And he goes, he goes, Dad. Do you think that like a really good college team could beat this USFL team? Yes. So that was what I thought. I thought yes that a, that a very good college team. Ohio State, Alabama, like a team like that. But I did think that you'd have to have a, a grown man quarterback. Like, I don't know if that Georgia team could have because Betts, Bennett couldn't fit it into tight windows. They were loaded defensively. But could he that tight defense, window it? Then nobody can score in the USFL as it is. That's an yeah. all-NFL defense. I mean, that was a bunch of first-round picks on that deal. Right, right. My hunch was, yes, that it could. Yes. That it would. Not an NFL team. People would say that they'd smoke NFL. They're, no. No, 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 no. No, I don't think that. But I do think if you took last year. All you know is winning. Prior to you coming there, were, all I know. Could, could the Browns beat could the, oh, Alabama? people would say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. That's unfortunate. I, what about a uh, like Georgia's defense and Ohio State's offense against the Houston Texans or the Chicago Bears? Like you get the best. You get Ohio State, the three first-rounders, first-round pick at quarterback, that Georgia defense. Is it still just grown men? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting I one. do think it would be fun, and I know this is something that would never happen, but like after watching some of the soccer highlights that I saw from the, the promotion relegation games oh, and yeah. then the celebrations that came after that, like it would be funny if the USFL or in the XFL, I think there could be like a two-game series. The USFL champion plays the XFL champion. The winner of that plays the 32nd team in the NFL. <laughs> For promotion relegation. For promotion? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Is there a sport in this country that could do that? It's not the NFL, but is there Clearly not. Is it is it NBA? Could the NBA do that at the bottom? Like if there was a there's not a league though. Like you'd have to like get the Euro Leagues involved because there's there's definitely some Euro League teams that it, would whip 
the worst teams in the NBA. Isn't it like what's really happening is, and it's not the same because, but it's almost <clears throat> like if a G League team beat the worst NBA team, they would get to go into the NBA. Right? Yeah, but correct. that's still part of an organization. But it's not. It's not the it's same. It's not that because it because there's there. So it'd be like if let's say the G League was Euro League. Okay? Yeah, like that quality, right? Yes. In the NBA and, and independent, so that, they weren't affiliates <clears throat> they of the were, teams, right? No, no, correct. All independent, and then yeah. the, the top te- top three, four teams from that, the four top finishers moved up, and the four bottom finishers of the NBA moved down. Like they don't play each other. Does that make sense? Correct. So that's the that right. would be the. I don't know how that that model in our it doesn't. It's work. fun. There's just nothing. Where ha- oh God, it's great to watch that. Yeah, it's it's a win in a lot of levels. Uh, all right, we'll get your uh, defensive breakdown uh, for camp mini camp which starts tomorrow coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. My good friends of Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams. They can do it for you in about a day. You transform it from a regular to a custom bath with a spa-like feel. That's what you get with the Bath Authority. They can make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler. They have expert factory-trained installers. Call now for 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Call 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality, and they have the largest selection of bath projects, guys. They're all made in the United States, and you can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. If you want to go from a tub to shower conversion, they'll take care of you on that, too. Superior products, expert installers, 216-220-8399. 500 bucks off right now. Tell them Bo sent you, and they will take care of you. As we continue with our mini camp preview on the defensive side of the ball, my friend, give us some guys to pay attention to. Let's start on the edge. All right, we'll start in the edge room, and and there's honestly there's a couple names here. It's different than the offense, where you're pretty much you know that you're set, but we don't in the defense we don't know exactly all the roles. And so, what's the first role that you would say is really up for grabs in the edge room, and that is to be the third defensive end in the NASCAR packages. And so, I'm going to keep my eyes on Alex Wright, who they love out of the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Chase Winovich, who's been brought over, has already become a a, a big friend of the show. Look at by the way, World Scarlet just. Helmets upon helmets. This happened last helmets. week. Scarlet had a bunch of helmets. Dude, one day we were what here. Scarlet and Rock. I was just gonna say Rock had Young Frain in the mix. Rock had a had a was it, she was like a pack mule. She had a huge thing she was pulling just stacked with helmets. She was pulling around. I there. wonder what it is. Interesting. We'll, I don't know. we'll look into that. But so Alex Wright, Chase, and then I'll tell you what, I, I talked to, to defensive line coach Chris Kiffin. Steven Weatherly, who's a veteran, been around the league for a while, is somebody that has impressed him in the early going. And so this is a room where you feel like you know for sure who three of the players are. I mean, you know Alex Wright's going to be on this football yeah. team. He just drafted him in the third round. You know Clowney and you know Miles Garrett. So do is there a situation where you keep five defensive ends and Weatherly's a guy that could be in there? He had two and a half sacks uh, a year ago, splitting time between Denver and Minnesota. He had three sacks in 19 and 18 each with Minnesota. Um, he's a guy who just knows how to play the game, and I, I said he's been around for a while. And so is he, you know, eight and a half career sacks. Winovich has 11 career sacks. He did that in two years. He didn't even have a sack last year. How that breaks down, I'll be very curious to see with that group. 
But that's I think it's one where they are very pleased with the amount of talent that's in that room right now. That I know. Can you imagine how different this would feel on edge if Jadevian Clowney wasn't back in the fold? Yeah, it would feel different, but I think they would you know they would be okay with it. It's just now you haven't you wouldn't have had that other dominant player that you have with Jadevian Clowney, which is why this, they're very excited about this. You can thing. just be more patient with everybody else. Yes. I mean it just allows for so much like you can go to bed at night as a Browns fan at defensive end and be, we're good. We yes. are good here. We have nothing to worry about here. Um, the, the next position we'll talk about is defensive tackle. Now, this is a position group that the fan base is always worried about, but I think, if anything, our front office has proven to you time and time again by their actions or lack thereof that they're not. They're not worried about it, and but the guys that I'm going to watch here, we've talked a ton about Perrion. I think Perrion has a big impact, can be a big impact player for this football team immediately, but I'm going to be watching Taven Bryan, the former first-rounder. And again, it's super hard, and that's why I talk about the yeah. defense line. We don't know what's going on in the offensive line. There's no pads. There isn't the type of, of physicality that would allow you to see who's taken a step forward. What I will say is that in terms of the drills and the conditioning and all of that is that Jordan Elliott it has very much impressed his coaching staff and they're very pleased with his development. They think Taven Bryan as a first rounder was asked to do the things that he's not good at in Jacksonville and that in this scheme, it's going to accentuate what his strengths are and hide his weaknesses. And so they think Taven Bryan can have a big time. Let's not forget. We went out and got him, I think on day one. He was somebody that, that yeah. the Browns wanted in that defensive tackle room. And so those are the two guys I'll be watching, Taven Bryan and Jordan Elliott. But so far, the reviews on both of them early have been very good. But like I said, it, it's tough to tell until we start playing some football. Yeah, the, a bunch of young guys in there battling on, on that side of things. So uh, the, if you want to talk about camp, when we get to real camp, like training camp, a lot of eyes on that room. Yeah. That'll be where your eyes Because everything else is – we go through this. Everything else is pretty well sorted. You know, it's position battles. But in terms of, like, I mean, a defensive tackle, you could go from a guy in the rotation to a guy not on the roster. Correct. There's that big of a gap that could happen Well, there's defensive tackle. Well, that's gap's the wrong word. There's that much parity in the position. Well, yeah, you, defensive tackle room, you've got Brian and Elliott. You've got Tommy Togiai, who was drafted in the fourth round last year, who you know, they want to see continue to, to bulk up and, and be able to use his strength, his unbelievable power. Um, you've got Perrion, who you drafted. And then you have Sheldon Day, who you know exactly what you're going to get from Sheldon Day, and it's good. Sheldon Day's a good player. Yeah. And has been a good player on you know those dominant 49ers lines, and then he's been a good player for us since he's been here. So you would imagine only four of those guys can make the team, and there's five right there that you feel pretty comfortable are going to make the team. And then the defensive end room, there's, again, five guys for four spots, and three of the spots are for sure taken. So those are going to be some interesting battles to, to see how, they, how those turn out. All right, let's head to linebacker where there's certainty here and a ton of talent, and now it's where we – I mean, there's so much depth. Yep. at some of these positions, and it's, it, this one, is, it certainly applies. So with linebacker, I know who Anthony Walker is, and I like it. I know who, you know, JOK, and he's the guy that I want to watch. I think he's going to take a big step forward this year, and, yeah, I think he has a chance to become a superstar. We know who Tak is. The guy that you want to see, and you've seen, and he, boy, does he look good out there, Jacob Phillips. Jacob Phillips yep. is the guy that we need to see stay healthy and be able to contribute because I have a feeling and the coaches certainly feel that way that he has a chance to be a special player. And so Jacob Phillips is who I'm going to be watching. And then you want to keep watching JOK because he just does things that are fantastic, quite frankly. And you see his unbelievable athleticism, his speed, sideline to sideline ability, coverage ability, blitz ability, all of those things. You know how good he is. He's, I mean, you can't, you don't have to look for him. He, your eyes find him. 
with yes. JOK. That yep. was last year. We could you could see that. Wasn't it at this mini camp where we were like, whoa, with him? Yeah, that's when Odell was running yeah. routes at full speed, and I remember we looked. We were like, holy cow, watch him close. Yeah, um, that's where it jumped out to you about about what JOK could be. And for Jacob Phillips, it's just everybody loves him. It's just healthy. He need to be healthy because when he's on the field, he's great. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy. Yeah. So that's one of those things where even with him, like it's it's not really going to be until September that you get a feel for, you know, because when he's in there, he's been absolutely sensational. Yeah. Uh, at corner. So you want to see Greedy and everything that I've heard is, you know, Greedy's playing without the harness. He, he feels great. Jeff Howard is expecting a big season out of Greedy. Same with Brandon Lynch and that he's looked so good in the early portion, especially like you say, try to throw a nine ball on him. Good luck. Like he's just going to stay calm yep. and go up there and break it up. So I'll, I'll be watching Greedy because I think right now that's the plan is Denzel, Greedy, and Newsom in the slot. When it's two, it'll be Greg and, and Denzel, which I think is a pretty darn good duo. So I'm going to be watching Greedy, but I also am going to watch MJ Emerson because the question a lot of people has, well, where does he fit in? This is a guy that they really wanted. This guy they got you know, their first pick in this draft, even though it was a third rounder. I think obviously he's insurance for you on the outside, but they're trying something with MJ Emerson that I think is interesting and I think has a chance to work out. And, and when you go and you think about you know, our division and the teams that we are going to want to be able to beat and to compete with, you know, going forward, I think it makes some sense. And that is they're going to give MJ Emerson some, some opportunity to learn the dime position, something he did not do in college. Oh, that's but interesting. if you think about it, what that means is he's a physical guy and run support. He can tackle more helmets as well. Helmets. Everywhere. Now rock has helmets. Their helmets going everywhere. It looks like some autographed helmets. Maybe everybody's here for minicamp, maybe it's signing day where they get all the stuff together. I was going to say, normally, so this is like the gauntlet. You know, you get your, you get your playbook, you get, uh, you get everything that you're going to need for the upcoming season, but then this is the time where they're doing, you know, they're doing some TV shoots, some photo shoots for PR purposes. This is probably also the time where p- people are getting their stuff signed, community relations for all the autograph merchandise uh. through the year. Probably front office and ownership, you know, they have stuff that gets signed as well. So guys just sit in rooms and knock all that out. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes a make lot sense of sense. That's how that but so go. back to MJ, if he can play that dime role, you get basically somebody in there who's got the size. He's 6'2", over 200 pounds, who can help you in run support. But clearly you're expecting in the pass. But – wouldn't it be great to have a guy with that kind of size who can cover the way that he can? Checking a Mark Andrews, checking a Pat Fryermuth, checking a Travis Kelsey if we get there. Dealing with those kind of players where we really haven't had that necessarily that answer for those tight ends with somebody who has the cover skills of a cornerback, and now we have the potential with that. So that's what I'm going to be watching because I do think it, he is somebody who has an opportunity uh, to – play a role as a rookie in that dime package as, as an extra cover guy to deal with some of these maybe big-time tight ends or a big slot receiver that we might encounter uh, as this season goes forward. Another thing is, you, is funny, it clicked as you were, you know, everything that happens around here, it, nothing, all the pieces matter. And you were talking about his height. If you put him in that dime, how many guys that potentially be in the field have that similar build? Him, J-O-K, right. Delpit, Delpit, John. John. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot yeah. of them that – yeah, kind of have that six-two frame that they all kind of look similarly. I th- I think that none of that is done on accident. All of that is done on purpose, uh, and that gets us to safety, sir. 
So safety, I, it's Grant. You know, this is where they say people make the biggest leap between their first and their second year, and I realize he's a third-year player, but this is his second season. He's finally started last year, and I think Grant Delpit has an opportunity to become a, a star in this league, and I know Jeff Howard feels that way, said he's had a great offseason. So I want to watch Grant really take that big leap, and I think the fact that we have, you know, Ronnie back, the safety room feels very strong. Again, the seven-on-sevens, you've seen just the strength on the back end of this defense and, and how productive and good it has been. So, you know, we're going through a lot of names here, especially when you get to the back end where these are all really talented people, and so I feel very good about this defense. Uh, I think this defense is going to be elite, and, and we have an opportunity, I think, to – have a really complete football team, especially if, you know, somebody emerges, if Wright or Chase Winovich is recapturing that five-and-a-half sack form that he had. You know, if Taven Bryan looks like the guy who was a first-round pick, I love the linebackers. If Phillips stays healthy, you know, Grant and Greedy and Emerson, if they can, you know, carve out their roles, stay healthy, and, and, and continue to play fast. And we didn't even mention A.J. Green, who is having a good camp as well, and the guy that played very well for us at corner. So a lot of a lot of just talent on this side of the ball. And I think watching this D and, you know, with the mini camps, you're not going to be out here. Media will be covering it. But just the competitive nature of the seven-on-sevens where it's good on good and it's clear when you're watching it. When Deshaun's leading the offense and the defense, it's good on good. It's not one side has the advantage over the other. But it's because, you know, some of the throws are just unbelievable throws to beat tight coverage. And at times, you know, the coverage is so good that they're able to get their hands on the ball. It's just it, it's fun to watch. We don't we don't have any questions except for the Deshaun availability. That's right. And that's a big one. I'm, yep. I, I'm not minimizing it. It's a very on a football field. It's a it's the biggest question in the NFL right now. But th that aside, there aren't any. There aren't. I mean, there's nothing that you there's nothing here that you go. I don't know. You know, defensive tackle, but it's, that's not a position of. That, and by the way, you like the guys a lot, but it's not a position that that this group thinks you need to have all pro guys in there. Especially when you go with the three linemen, and you got and you got Clowney and um, and and Miles, and whether that be Chase or whoever is the third, if you if you go that. So it's as we're going through this, there's not a whole lot to worry about except for just the availability of Deshaun and what that looks like. You're exactly And there's right. nothing we can do to control that, and there's nothing at this point the organization can do to control that. But other than Correct. that, and that's why when you pay attention to where our Super Bowl odds are, where our those odds stay the same because of everything we just went through. Right, because this team, they feel like you're going to be able to navigate the whatever period of time, if any, that Jacoby Brissett has to play, and then you'll get Deshaun back, and then you're going to be a team of, of great consequence. And then away you go. Yep. Yeah, that's where you stand. Yeah. Um, all right, we actually still will have so much more to come. That's coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Gambling without setting limits on how much you're going to wager or how long you play is like a football team going into a game plan. Without a game plan, it's probably going to end up in a loss. Always set limits before you bet. Get more tips like this at KeepItFunOhio.com. Um, I had this was this is the biggest. Uh, it was my mistake. I, I vent oftentimes on the family's mistakes, and this one was on me. So we had I had to, I had to plug in the sprinkler system. Okay, and I have one outlet there. Yeah, on that same outlet is uh the the freezer where one that we have one that's just Sounds like it might overload the outlet no it's not that it's so the 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 freezer 
the the sprinkler system has a certain head on the plug that it's going to take up a lot of it. Yep. So I couldn't put them both on there. So I yep. had to get a one of those thingies. One of those thingies. Yep. Now it was not in flush, but I had it rigged to where it would be, wouldn't be a problem. So we so come we out and it's I come out um actually my wife became aware of it that it had wiggled and turned the freezer off. What was in there? Do I want to know? So normally like you know, it's popsicles and some frozen vegetables, that type of stuff is usually what's in there. Um, and I had actually forgotten that, that what I'm going to say was in there. Um, but I always have um, one box of the wild crab claw. Crab I knew you were saying this from Costco. From Costco. Now, there was a time that this was 29 bucks a pound. These it used to be a $300 box. Yeah. What's it now? 449 <laughs> Now, these had been frozen since Christmas, so I had them at Christmas. Okay. So it, it was three twenty nine, not four forty nine, but nevertheless. So, I'm just sick. I'm just going. I was hoping that there was like four claws in there, and there was like nine pounds of crab in there. Like it was pretty much the full freight. Um, and I'm just disgusted at myself, and I want to blame others because it can't possibly be my sure, fault. Sure, sure. But it's really it is my fault. Like there's no way I I blew it, boy. The Everything was thawed. Like it so, wasn't a case of. I went where you went to. Like I thought, well, maybe I can fix this. So I said, well, because I didn't discover it. My wife did. And she's like, she's like, the ice cream sandwiches were liquid. So it was, yeah. So I said, well, I'm going to try them. I'm going to try them. I want it. So because I, I got it plugged back in, froze everything. And so I took like five crab, crab legs out and I thawed them, you know, in the, in the water the way that you do. And I got to be honest, I couldn't smell anything to lead me to believe that they had gone bad. But there's no way that they couldn't have. Because you can't go, they could have been in room temperature for. You don't even know how, how long hour, was that thing. At least a day. At least a day, room temperature. So that it's a total loss. A you total probably could have cooked it and then gone on the smell. You'd know. I think you would know if it was bad. So bad I thought it bad. I thought it and it I didn't smell anything too rank, but I thought I don't know if I can how can I roll the dice with this? Like how could I do this? I was disgusted. Sad. It was so sad. Oh my god, yeah. So sad. By and the way, were, and at forty four dollars a pound, I'm not buying another box. By the way, I knew I knew that's what you were gonna say. Once you started how the did story, you know? Because that's have I told you that I always have those on standby? No, but I have the remnants of one still in my freezer. You have to yeah. hang on to it. Yeah. Zagura, what? Follow up from last Monday because we didn't see you. Yeah. You immediately bolted and went and played, enjoyed yeah. the foursome. Yeah. I don't believe that you took that foursome to a championship. No, I Jeez, did not. What an incredible callback. I did. I did not take them to a championship, but I took them to a significantly. That seems more, like six years ago. I took them. It does. I took them to a significantly uh, better nine than than their front nine. I walked on the very first hole. I made a natural birdie. I had to drive right down the middle. <laughs> I hit my iron shot to about is this, two feet. Is this <laughs> the, the best you've played since college? Uh, Feels like you're really last summer. It I was really good. Last summer, I was I was better than I yeah. am right now. It feels like you're crushing it right I'm, now. I'm 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 hitting the ball well, and I'm I'm uh, I'm putting pretty well. So yeah, it, it's been good. It's been it's been good, and I've gotten rid of the chip yips. 
which has made me very happy. Shout out to uh, the t official teaching pro of the show. Gave me like one little video to watch, and that's all. Did he really? Yeah. It was that just mental. It's he, all mental. But he's unbelievable. Though. You're like, yeah. And then yeah. Like, yeah. Skull it. No fun. I feel like if I did like one round with that guy, I could get a lot of things sorted out. Yeah. First, I got to actually swing it. So we'll see. Well, hopefully, we're getting there. Uh, mini camp starts tomorrow. We're going to have you covered. Uh, the next three days are going to be big ones, kids. So uh, you Huge. don't want to miss anything. The next level coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.